Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cockburn. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenley. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Good morning, Todd. It's great to be back on the new media show. We're in the fall cycle now. Summer is behind us, clearly. Now, granted, it's always summer in Hawaii, but uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's great to be back on the show again, talking about you know, the podcasting space and whatever else you want to talk about, Todd, because yeah. we, we don't always talk about podcasting on this show. That's true. And uh, matter of fact, this morning when the alarm went off at 4.45 a.m., I was like, I wish we had quit drinking a little earlier. We, we uh, went to a party <laughs> last night, <laughs> and I had a designated driver, my son, but yeah, I was looking at my watch about 11.30, and I said, we need to go home. I have to be up in four and a half hours. So, yeah, <laughs> a little, little hair of the dog this morning, and I have a massive glass of water here to, uh, to hydrate. So uh, I'm ready to talk about podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, it's just, uh, that's the thing, I have to, Remember, for me, you get at least a few hours sleep if you go out and have a large night. I, I didn't. I don't get that opportunity. But we are coming up on daylight savings time at some point, so I will get an hour. <laughs> yes, that's right. The handoff back of time to you, so you, you'll get up what it uh, at, at, at five, six it, instead of five. Yeah, right? you know, yeah, five thirty, five forty-five instead of four forty-five. Yeah. Wow, so, sleeping in. <laughs> and it's huge. I love it. So, you know, um, NAB New York was this past week. And yeah. uh, Angelo went to New York City. Uh, we sent him. He had a session that he was involved in. I know Rob Walsh was in a session as well. But yeah. uh, Angelo spoke to the Audio Engineering Something Society, part of NAB. And they had a 90-minute podcasting session. Wow. So there was a, a gentleman there from Nielsen, someone there from Triton, and Angelo, of course, from Raw Voice Blueberry, uh, talking about uh, the podcasting space, uh, audio specifications. It wasn't super technical, but it was just kind of this overarching overview. And Angelo uh -huh. said it was, uh, you know, decently attended for a 4 o'clock in the afternoon session on a, four, what was it? No, on a Thursday. So, yeah. so, you know, he, he didn't have the biggest crowd, but at least they, uh, they got to talk podcasting for 90 minutes and then, uh, well, yeah, but, uh, the next day I had him, uh, running all over the city meeting with clients. He found out what it's like to, uh, step out of the building, jump in an Uber or Lyft because yeah, we're using Lyft, uh, and, uh, bounce to the next meeting. And so we, he called me from just before he was bored in the airplane yesterday at uh, at six, he says, "Dude, how how do you come here for five days?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Welcome to my club." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I've done that too. Go to go to New York and bounce around to meetings all afternoon. It's a uh, it can be a, it can be a little stressful battling the the traffic and the crowds and the city to get to multiple appointments yeah but one thing i'm appreciative of is the in in new york they're all business if your meeting starts at three o'clock by 305 you're in the meeting and if you're mm -hmm. if your meeting ends at four you're out of there there's none of this like extending yeah. 30 minutes they're very 
prompt. Yeah, they honor your time. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's completely the opposite of the West Coast. When I go to the West Coast, I have to always, <laughs> you know, I, I may get in 30 minutes late, and it may run 30 minutes long. So it takes me longer to do meetings in, in California and San Francisco than it does in New York. Well, I think the big difference is to, uh, how difficult it is to get around um, on the West Coast down in, down in Southern California versus um, New York City. You're basically always on foot, yeah. right? Or you're taking the subway, yeah. which is pretty which is pretty reliable. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, so you can I mean, you can get to where you need to go on on time in New York or L.A. Just the the traffic down there is unpredictable. Yeah, I, of course I'm a spoiled baby. I don't take the subway when i'm in new york i'm always i'm too tight on time taxi i no, I, I take lyft I and mean, you used to take uber oh but, lyft oh okay but just yeah. you know you, you as you're coming down the elevator um you, you yeah. i literally fire the app for a pickup and you walk out of the building and within like two minutes you're in a car and uh yeah. so you know i it, it's it has evolutionized I can I can space meetings thirty minutes apart now. Now enough. You know, of course, if traffic's bad, then you're screwed. But if you know midday, you can get around Midtown pretty easy. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, it's a uh, it's just what it is. But anyway, he got a taste of the of the big city and uh, and um, doing some meetings. And one thing he found out, he said, uh, uh, "You and Rob." get listened to a lot by a lot of people. That's <laughs> like, really? He says, yeah, I, every place I went, there's, oh yeah, we listened to Todd and Rob on their new media show. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, I, I should have sent you with a message to tell them that they could come on the show. So all you New Yorkers that listen to this show, uh, don't be shy. We, we can have you on and, uh, you know, go, Run that up the flagpole with your powers that be. Some of these folks are in pretty big organizations, so they they can't because it's so difficult to get approval. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's always an issue with certain certain companies that uh, whether or not they feel like they have the ability to do that. I mean, it's great when you do get a person on like that that really can can feel like they can they can just do that kind of stuff. And it gets back to things we've talked about in the past about. Um, those that are in this medium being actually involved in creating content, mm-hmm. um, getting behind the microphone, knowing that side of the, the, the business is really important. You know, like we've, we've noticed over the years, uh, there's quite a few people that uh, will come on the show that don't have, you know, a- any kind of good recording uh, capabilities. Right. Like they'll do, they'll want to do the show on their iPhone or something like yep. that. Yep. Um, and it, and it presents a little bit of a challenge, but it, it get really it, it really gets back to if you're going to work in this medium, I think it really helps to un- understand the content side too, and understand how to how to do a podcast. And you should always be, I think, I mean, it's so inexpensive now to get a get a ATR twenty one hundred or something like that, a, a USB microphone, and just get into your laptop and. And if there's opportunities to be interviewed, um, jump on it. You mm-hmm. know, I do interviews all the time. I don't know, but you know, I know Todd, you do too. So yeah, it's just a part of, yeah, it's just part of breathing almost for us. But I guess we're a little unique now, Todd. It's not, not everybody is inclined to do things like that. Well, I, I, I did, um, you know, I am appreciative that, uh, 
you know, we've got people at least silently listening that we didn't know were listening. Oh yeah. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think we're, we're appreciative of everybody that listens to the show because I mean, really, this is not a show where we do a lot of prep. This isn't contrived. This isn't <laughs> planned. <laughs> not at all. I mean, you know, we pull up our microphones and the webcams and we just, talk about whatever comes to our minds, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's an exchange. It's like, you're sitting with us at Starbucks Yeah, uh, that's, that's the experience that's been there. And we've been doing this for so long. We can almost like think, um, what the other one's going to say in a lot of topics. And that's, that's, what's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, well, the, there was also a, a, the possibility that we agree on too much together. Right. And it can create a boring show. <laughs> And, you know, and also, I hate to say it, but, you know, even though we're competitors, technically, it reflects sometimes in our product stuff, because just like last week at the end of the show, I was like, I was just laughing because I'm like, man, we've been, we've been hanging out too much together because, you know, our ideas are rubbing off on each other uh, or we, oh, yeah. or we well, think, that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. you know, we think mutually alike, but, uh, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's all good and fun and. You know, there's, there's plenty to go around, but you know, you, um, uh, I mentioned something before we started the show, we were kind of shaking our head at, but, uh, you've had some folks that have been, you said were coming in that were, you know, not even launching the show and wanted to launch with advertising. So is this yeah. something new you're hearing? I see, I don't get that as much. So are you hearing this a lot more now? Well, I think it's something that's been been part of my kind of my experience in the podcasting space for quite a while because of some of the places that I've worked. Uh, this is usually happens when you get involved in um, artists, um, big big media celebrities, folks that have a big social profile where they they want to get involved in podcasting, but they're used to making big money. So uh, with everything that they do, Right, so they they apply that same ideology to podcasting and and want to get paid um, right from the first episode for for producing a podcast. Now, mm -hmm. it, sometimes that's possible, some it, but it's really not necessarily advisable, and a lot of these folks don't realize it because of the the consequences that can fall from that because of how the advertisers look at this medium. You know the. They look at, um, they want a guaranteed number. They want to know how many impressions they're going to get or, or listeners that they're going to get to that particular show. And they only want to buy that. They don't want to buy some future number or they don't want to buy for some projected number, um, that, uh, you don't meet. And then, then you have to play this game of make goods. And, but if you go over uh -huh. what your number is, then they don't want to pay you for that. That's bad. So you, you're kind of in this catch 22 situation where, um, unless you have a track record and a history of, uh, you know, that you have, you know, let's say 25,000 listeners that listen on average to your, like your last four episodes or something like that over some period of time, whether it's two weeks, a week, a month, wh wh whatever that period is, it's hard to, to give an advertiser and guaranteed number because they want to be locked in. But a lot of the, these big celebrities want to come in and say, well, I want to get paid $20 CPM for everything that I deliver. And then, then they want to go out and, and say, well, I can, I can get this celebrity um, to, 
drive listeners at 100,000 listeners because of his social following. He's got 9 million Twitter followers or she does or what, whatever, and we can drive it, but they've never done it before. So it's like, you know, can you really do that? I've seen a lot of big name celebrities not drive, um, 5,000 listens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to guarantee that Um, most podcasts builds relatively slowly. I mean, you can ramp up a podcast pretty fast if you do enough, you know, advertising, Facebook promotion, get articles and, you know, uh, the Hollywood reporter, you know, wherever you can, you know, around the particular industry. I've seen it done with wrestling podcasts before. I've seen it done, you know, when I was working for podcast one, but you have to drive a lot of, of pre-distribution. So you have to like have a trailer or preview episode that goes up there and then you develop your distribution strategy, uh, and get it on all the platforms and get it ready. And then, you know, two or three weeks later, you actually launch the, the real episode. Um, and so you've been able to build up a lot of pre-subscriptions. Um, and, but even that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get big numbers. And most of these advertisers want to have at least a guarantee of what, 10,000 plays or listens before they'll even do a CPM campaign with you. And, and you you may or may not hit that. If you, if you're wildly successful, you're not going to get paid, but if you don't hit it, you're screwed too. So it can ruin the reputation of the show and it can ruin the reputation of the ad seller that sold that campaign into an advertiser too. So there's, there's a lot of risks and Todd, you, I'm, I'm sure you know that as well because these are common practices in the podcasting space. I had an advertiser a number of years ago that wanted in a specific show and they were willing to pay huge. I mean, large, like, Mm -hmm. like, like twenty mm-hmm. twenty thousand dollars an episode to be in a in a specific show, and I and I'm number one. I said you're overpaying. Number two, I don't think you're going to get good delivery based upon this audience and who this person is. And man, they, I said this is what my boss wants. This is what we're going to do. And I I made him sign a disclaimer that I had warned them, and that uh, when the bill came due, there was going to be no one. Number one, no make goods. <laughs> You know, I, I put some serious constraints on this deal because I, there was this, I just saw it coming. There was train wreck coming, you know, and, uh, yeah. and they, you know, what I predicted Expectations. came, came absolutely yep. true and they, you know, they wrote the check, um, and they weren't happy, but I, you know, I, I told them, I said, listen, this was, you know, I warned you and you didn't listen, you know, and, and they've never been back. They've never advertised in another podcast ever again. But they spent a huge amount yeah. of money on that show. Now that, and you know, the host was, even the host was kind of like, this doesn't really fit, but if they want to spend the money, um, you know, <laughs> what am I to tell them no? So it was, uh, you know, I've seen that situation, but with an established audience. But, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty cautious. I, I typically want 12 episodes of, of, uh, of tracking history and, I want to know where a show has been and where it's going, and you really can't do that out of the gate with the, uh, you know. And I don't deal with a lot of celebrity shows, but it's, um, yeah, it's it's tough when they're used to getting you know X number of dollars for TV endorsement or whatever it is. So um, yeah, it's a different different beast. Yeah, yeah it is. But you still want to work with them, and you still want to see if. 
if if it can be done. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I I wind up re- recommending that at a bare minimum, you know, just launch your first episode, do all your PR and all your social media and your media outreach and do all that stuff um, uh, for like your first couple of episodes, at least get some sort of baseline about what, what's possible and then go after the advertiser because at least you can have some confidence. Now the, the, the other risk of this is that just because you get a big audience, your first episode doesn't mean you're going to retain that audience mm-hmm. in episode two. Um, I mean, if you put all of your guns into, in, into one episode, um, and, and, but you don't into the second episode, you could see a big fall off too. So it's, uh, it's tough because people will come in to listen to that, you know, that big guest that you have or whatever, you know, I mean, you might have, so you, you're going to have to line up a bunch of really big name guests if that's what you're going to do over three or four and probably the whole lifespan of your podcast if you want to maintain growth in your show else you're going to see an up and down and that's going to shake the confidence of your advertiser i've always Um, said that if you rely on guests to build your audience you're screwed you know it's the audience should come because you you never know the audience should come for you and the guest is a bonus you know, yeah. and I've I've heard this that's strategy right. by folks a lot. I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna have this guest, this guest, this guest, and I'm like, that's cool, but you know, you're again, you're building. Yeah. You better have a personality. Yeah. You better not be dry as a rock. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 proven on the radio side. That's what's you know, it's it's the personality that's behind the show is what drives the audience. Mm-hmm. It's not the the guest. The guests just add to <clears throat> that potential listening base. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of those listeners will just come and go, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll tune in just to hear that guest and then they won't be back. So there was a, um, some things that I heard out of New York, Angela just mentioned, I won't say clients, but, uh, I think some content creators are having, um, challenges telling their leadership why a show has an ebb and flow. You know, because in television, you've got to have a pretty steady and, and usually growing base. And anything like, you know, when they do, a, 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 you know, a pilot, they want to see, a, you know, a steady increase in audience and buzz. But in podcasting, we know, you know, from my example, as I've been doing my show now, you know, 13 plus years, is that I have people that come back to my show that have been gone two years. And they come back and say, hey, I'm listening again. I went away for a little while. But I think in any podcast, you're going to have an ebb and flow of listeners because, quite frankly, I don't care how good you are. Sometimes people just get tired of hearing you. And they want to, <laughs> they want to, they want to, you know, they, they want to switch it up or they're at the new, they're in a new phase of their life or whatever it may be. And uh, so you're trying to, to talk to, folks that are in the podcasting space about how that how you have an ebb and flow of audiences and audience uh, numbers can change um it's hard for it's hard for some folks to get their their head wrapped around that and um you know they they want something explainable why did the audience go down or why did an audience go up and um you know if you're the if you're like the network manager 
and you're you know you're not the host maybe if you're the host you know why your audiences went down or up but uh, it uh, it was interesting it was interesting that that particular topic came up though I think subjects and topics do do drive swings like this um, uh, I see it with the podcasting that I've done over the years I big swings there's certain topics that just hit with the audience yeah. and people tune in people find it in google or or search or you know it's it's part of this discovery thing that we talk about a lot on this show um people tune in for topics because that's something that's relevant to them uh or a problem they're trying to solve or something that they're thinking about at that time i mean really content and topics are very can be very timely too i mean that's you know that's what kind of what we do with this show to some degree is as we talk about things that uh, we experienced here over the last week right uh, that tend to be kind of hot button things that maybe people are thinking about um, and that's you know that comes and goes and sometimes those topics uh, reach larger audiences uh, or is relevant to larger audiences than other topics mm-hmm. so it can cause big swings I see it you know uh, with my speaker live show that I do I mean Anytime I do a show talking about how to start a podcast, it, the, the the numbers are really big. But the shows that I talk about advertising, the numbers aren't so big. So hmm. you know, it's it's kind of that kind of thing. So because there's fewer people interested in in that topic, right? Right, right. Um, so that's that drives it a lot as well. Well, I uh, can't let the cat out of the bag, but I will. We will have a, a mini announcement uh, later in the week at, at uh, Raw Voice Blueberry. Something. Oh, uh, good. So, uh, nothing too earth shattering, but uh, we'll have some uh, well, an announcement later in the week. Well, we did have an announcement this past week. Oh, we nice. launched our 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 app for Alexa on yeah. the Echo devices. Yeah, this I saw past that. Week. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. So it, it's something I've been pushing pushing the team on to to do for many many months, trying to get that up and going anyway, and see what happens. I mean, it seems to have gotten a good start. Um, people are are starting to to use it. Uh, we've got about fifty thousand shows in the catalog. That's all, but um, th- those are all shows that are available through the Spreaker platform. So um, uh, so. It's, how long did it take your team to put that together? And you know, it's really uh, is you. When I was talking with Angel about it it's, uh, a couple of months ago, it's not that. It, it just you just got to get it done. It doesn't seem like it's that difficult. Yeah. No, it is. It, 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 I think the biggest challenge is just kind of like getting our heads wrapped around the concept of navigation mm. um, and make. And making sure that we've optimized that um, as best as possible. I know that there's a lot of kind of things that are built into the APIs and the, the capabilities of the platform that are pretty pretty unified. Um, but just you know, understanding that that part of it is important, uh, and using the certain kind of terminology that 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 helps people to some degree in different areas, um, and. And it was really kind of understanding what was possible too, because you know the impression that I got uh, from talking to to Jeff, the guy from you know from Amazon that works on this stuff, was that it it was ideally suited to building for an individual show, 
versus a network of shows. So we had to get in and really dive into that um, and and create something that was like a little bit competitive to what TuneIn is doing or you know that kind of thing. Uh, and and the, I mean it is a little bit of a of a challenge. It isn't like um, you can necessarily just go to, go to your Alexa device and just say what podcast that you want to listen to. You have to actually install the, the, the app and, and on the server side and, and then it's available. So it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a, um, it's still kind of early for the Alexa platform, I think, Todd. Is and, it? And, and for those of you that have been listening on your Amazon platform, you've been triggered three times. So you, that's, you're going to have to get in the habit, Rob, of saying your your Amazon device, don't say the A-L-E-X-A word because those that are listening just stop listening. <laughs> okay. All yeah, because right. if someone's <laughs> listening on the device and you say that, you say A-L-E-X-A, the the device will wake up and it'll actually stop midstream and looking for your <laughs> your command. So um, same yeah. thing with the Google device. You have to be, you know, very careful not to trigger it from your show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point, Todd. Thanks. Because if yeah. you know, sorry so, everybody out there that that yeah. happened. So if you're, yeah. you know, you know, you're you're given instructions. You're giving instructions on your speaker live show on how to use this thing, and you're speaking the commands. You have some very infuriated people. <laughs> That's a good point, Todd. It Thank is. You. It is. But there is a little trick, though. You know, you if you want to really get a kickstart on how this thing works, you you issue the command to install the app or install the whatever they call it the you know the skill. the skill so you know you say that word and and, and everyone's uh, everyone that is playing anything that's the, the the Amazon device can hear you just installed the skill for them <laughs> <laughs> so you you can you, well, Todd, the, I thought that, uh, I thought that uh, you were working on a a, a skill as well we are so, but we've got some we've got uh some stuff a little higher in the priority stack right now that we're working. So, um, you know, I'm, I've got a whole bunch of, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. And by the way, I am hiring. <laughs> so if you, uh, are a, uh, web developer with, uh, with skills, uh, uh, PHP Perfectly. database skills, those types of things, uh, send me your CV, uh, join our team in, in Columbus. We're, we're ready to, to 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 uh to grow the team so and if you just want cool. to see if you want to see the job announcement just go to monster i think it's on monster you can search for it but yeah. uh yeah it's a never ever deal to hire people yes yes so, so but anyway what else are we going to talk about you know there's um <laughs> <laughs> and i do have a hard stop this morning because i've got a I got a car appointment. I've got a car that uh, it's breaking, but it just feels soft. So I got to go, go get the uh, get them checked out. I live on a big hill, so I ride the brakes all the way down the hill till we get to the highway, and uh, it's you know it's 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 horrible on brakes. Your drums, you know, your rotors heat up, and you get warping, and 
and then it just ends up being a mess. Um, yeah, I hate that. Yeah, it sucks. So the we we got our um, PodCon got back to us, and uh, mm-hmm. got the final pricing on PodCon. So I don't know if you got that this past week or not. So. Oh well, yeah, I got it. I got the final pricing back on the the booth and that kind of stuff. It's just getting like your furniture and getting all that stuff. You know, yeah. that's all. I mean, is there other pricing that you're talking about? Oh no, I'm just you know because we 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 thought it originally was going to be like a thousand bucks, and then there's there was tiered items. So you know, I basically looked that over and decided what tier to go to with. And yeah, make I, I don't deal with the furniture stuff. That's uh, my peoples do that, luckily. <laughs> Your peoples. <laughs> my team members do that. So, yeah, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so. Yeah, it'll be interesting. They're expecting, what, two to 3,000 people at this event. Like, and yeah. I, I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see if that actually happens. Right. Um, it's tough for a first-year event to pull those kind of numbers, I think. He's got a big enough name he may. I think the more... The, the bigger event that I'm going to be interesting how it goes is she's going, we're going to FinCon next week and uh, in Dallas. And that, to me, will be, uh, we'll see how that event is. And it was relatively inexpensive to, uh, to exhibit at as well. So anyway, we'll see how FinCon goes. Yeah. Todd, I also noticed that the Nielsen folks put out some, some new... yeah. New research. I, I didn't I don't read. Know if you had a chance I, to, I haven't read it yet. I tagged. I tagged it up, but I didn't have it when it, when it basically when they announced when the news when the news link came out. I was mobile at the time. Let's see if I can find it here and and load it. Um, do you want people, me to send it to you, or yeah, do you I, have access? I've got the link. It. I've got the link. So there okay. were some folks that were praising this thing. Um, what what's your What's your skinny on this? Well, it seemed like it, it was interesting. You know, it's an interesting perspective on the medium. And it looks like it's something that, that Bruce, um, who's been our, our, you know, has been my contact o- over at Nielsen for a while, is behind this. Um, you know, he's looking at the growth of podcasting from an ethnic perspective. Mm-hmm. Um and seeing those kind of trend lines, which is good to see that there's growth um, in the ethnic side. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like uh, it's not growing as fast as I would th- I thought it was on the ethnic side, um, but it is growing. So, uh, and then making a connection between consumer purchase behavior and podcast audiences. So this is really a focus on products mm-hmm. and, and it's correlation to podcast listeners. Um, and this is really good for advertisers to get access to this kind of data, uh, to see, you know, what, you know, let's give an example, bottled water, like you see up on the screen here. Um, there's like uh, 51% of bottled water households, bottled water households are podcast listeners and they they make it a lot like this tier there's like avid listeners and then i guess just everyday podcast listeners i'm not quite sure do we have a clear indication of what what the dividing line is todd between 
Mm-mm. avid listener and let's see it there's a little asterisk by it i'm saying avid fan is defined as those who consider themselves extremely interested in a certain genre of podcasts hmm. so i guess it it doesn't necessarily re- refer to frequency of listening where i would think that that avid title would would imply that right somebody that listens to a lot this is a it weird, doesn't appear that, this is a weird yeah. analogy rob I, I i don't why are they trying to compare this to bottled water it's just a product it's just a product they also do it for uh for other other products too like baby food is in here too hmm. um let's see um uh, it says 18 million households have an interest in baby food. Okay. Um, f- 15% of all households. Uh, 57% of baby food households are podcast listeners. 23% are avid podcast fans. Oh, so this is how they're trying to describe the demographic of podcast listeners then. Correct. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's it's mapping listeners to to people that use particular products yeah, it's right? A behavior right uh, and they have a number in here too the the, the podcasting audience uh, basically can be can be influenced I'm trying to understand this the the podcasting audience has an influence of one billion one hundred million dollars of baby food sales annually oh that's so, kind of a weird that's kind of weird okay mapping. so if we go back to that basically what it, what they're saying is is that um they're saying 57 percent of baby food households are podcast listeners so if you ran advertising in your show that was about baby food yeah that audience could influence a billion one 1.1 billion yeah. in sales a baby food. That's what that. Yeah. E- that's what the equivalency is. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Let's look at beer. Uh, but 40- it doesn't really map to to what kind of genre um, mapping though. Like what kind of podcasts? Well, if they're you, talking about, I, I think either. it's just yeah. if you think about it, baby food is uh, you know that's there's a wide spectrum of people that are in a baby food stage for <laughs> the listen to sure. podcasts. So. It doesn't matter what you advertise in your show, as long as it's related around baby stuff. This is the yeah, but I would think that certain shows would would of would, course you know be better for this than others. Right? Um, uh, um, a mom show that's talking yeah. about raising a, a newborn, of course, would be the would be the genre. But yeah. you know, let's go to the category that's really important: beer. Um, <laughs> Forty-eight million households. That's all that. There's only 48 million households that have affinity to beer. Something's got to be wrong with this slide. Um, but anyway, uh, they're saying... Well, it's $3 billion in annual beer sales. Yeah, so that's what it equivalents to. Um, so so those 48 million households uh, drink a lot of beer, Todd. Well, beer, <laughs> I think, yeah. So. <laughs> that's just a given, I guess. Craft beer, of course. So it is interesting how they did this. Um, how they—it's purely about trying to. Okay, most. Ex- it is interesting how they did this cross correlation, saying, "Okay, these people that are listening 
you know, these are audiences that are consuming these type of products and how as a podcast advertiser, you can influence the, you know, the 53% of beer households listening that are listening to podcasts. So 25 million people that listen to podcasts also drink beer. So, you know, if you're a, uh, if you're Sam Adams and you're coming out with your, your, your Oktoberfest beer and you promote that, you might, or you would influence, you know, so there, it's, this is definitely a wide look. I, I kind of like this though. This is yeah. a, it's a wide look at the space. This is very nice. They did a nice, you can tell they have professionals that put together their, their, uh, yeah, their graphics. Yeah. Graphics stuff. Yeah. So, so I guess I'm trying to apply this to an individual podcaster looking at this going, you know, how can I take advantage of this, this data? And I, I'm finding it difficult. Um, so here's, here's what, here's I mean, where they explain it. Make the connection between consumer purchase behavior and podcast audiences by, yeah. by matching purchase behavior in the Nielsen home scan panel. To fans of podcasts, Nielsen is able to quantify the value of consumers who listen to podcasts. Oh, so they're they're basically saying this is the marketing value of people that listen to podcasts, and which hopefully yeah. will influence folks in these three hundred categories that they've that. Well, see, this goes back to Nielsen and their uh, home scan panel. This is what this is promoting. They've yeah. they've tied their home scan panel, which goes over 300 categories, and they figure out how it's tied to podcast audiences. Hmm. So, I mean, a lot of this stuff, it sounds like they're they're making a a bulk so a bulk kind of perspective on it, but it does kind of map. I, I see in here if you go to the the bottled water category right. page here, Todd. Yep. If you scroll down and, and you look at the percent of households buying bottled water, it breaks it down by by genre by topic genre. Uh, oh, but so, there's not a huge, but there's not a huge difference between no. the top genre and the the least. It's like two percent or three percent. Yeah, a difference. dollar. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So, hmm. so really, what they're saying here is that some of these these product categories will will see a lift um, advertising into any podcast. Well, let's I go guess. down. Let's look at baby food then and see which. So the delta here is is also not that not that much. So yeah, it's so it, really any. Any podcast can benefit from running a beer ad. Well, any podcast can yep. benefit to some degree. Okay, here's one on the beer category: P- percent of households buying beer. It's only in the forty percent range. Yeah. Where those other categories, it was in the 90 percent range. But if you look at the amount that they spend, the spend levels much oh, much higher. Oh yeah. Okay. And Todd, if you go look at the baby food category, yeah, it's only eighteen to seventeen and a half to eighteen and a half percent. So that tells you that. Sorry. That it yeah. doesn't map that that strong. Right. Generally. Yeah. Generally, doesn't map that strong. Whereas beer. 42% maps. maps heavily. 
but bottled water is in the eighties. Right. Cause it, you know, everyone, 90s. everyone buys, you know, there's hardly a person out there that doesn't at least buy one bottled water once in a while. If you're not buying a case, yeah. you're still, you know, stopping at a convenience store or whatever. So, so you're going to get more of a lift, I guess, in your advertising, uh, if you run bottled water ads, I guess, in your podcast. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, can influence bottled water, though. You know, that's the. Well, yeah. I think the danger of bottled water is that it's such a commodity. I'm not sure there's any brand loyalty there. Well, I don't know. I, I do have brand loyalty when it comes to bottled water, believe it or not. Personally, do you? Really? I do. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. The... I, I, I pick up any bottled water. I actually try and avoid bottled water, actually. Yeah, we do but, too. Yeah. We have a, you know, we have filter uh, and, and we carry the the jugs but if i do i buy the nestle pure life one that's the water i buy okay you know i don't in matter of fact so i don't why like is that why is that todd i don't like dasani i don't it doesn't taste good oh, oh so it is a taste yeah issue. okay yeah. and some of these other ones i don't have access to like zephyr hills that's a uh that's a florida large i think it's a southern water bottle or i i, I don't have access to some of these either it's true, like Aquafina, Arrowhead, like Crystal Geyser's not bad, you know, but you know, some of these brands I don't have access to. But So let's just go down and look at the baby food category. So let's see, what kind of baby food do we buy? Well, I, I guess when I was a, uh, when we had babies. A long time. In, yeah, when we had babies in the house, we were buying <laughs> Gerber and, you know, uh, so. But the Beach ba- nut. The beer, yeah, though, Gerber. not too much craft beer yeah. on that list. So most that's it, all of the major brands. Yeah, the okay. commodity brands. Uh, yeah. And I don't drink Bud products. Bud is called Insta Headache. I drink a if I drink any Bud product, I get a headache instantly. Yeah, it's something about their something in their formula that doesn't agree with me. But anyway, it, it doesn't uh-huh. matter. But you know, it just I think what they're trying to do here is. It's smart in that it's trying to kickstart some advertisers maybe to think. And, and there was something, I, and I haven't been able to find it, and I, I talked about it last week. Midroll made a comment that um, that was so, I mean, it was a perfect paragraph. If I find it again, I'm going to steal it. It is um, essentially the podcast audiences are untapped. In other words, they are not listening largely to traditional. They're not getting exposure. I told you on the last show, I, I saw some commercials I've never seen before because I was at my mom's place and we weren't fast-forwarding through commercials. Um, because I'm so heavy in podcasting, I'm not getting marketed to. And uh, I'm, I'm an unreached. Their Advertisers are not reaching me. And because I'm a podcast yeah. listener, the, their marketing message is not getting to me today. So what this really does then, if you tie that story into this Nielsen report, yeah, I think you get some mileage on this. So what you're saying is that there's a lot of brand advertisers out there that are not taking advantage of the medium is what you're saying. Well, there's brand advertisers that aren't reaching me. I know. They're not taking advantage of, no. of the growing numbers of listeners that are spending more and more mm-hmm. time listening to podcasts and less time listening to radio and television. Right, right. 
The only so, the only so. time I tuned into radio in the past week is there was a massive traffic jam on Thursday. I was looking at my Waze app trying to figure out what was going on, and I was dead still. And I turned the radio on till I got the first traffic report on what had really happened, and then I went back to listening to podcast. That was the only thing I listened to the radio for. On on this past week, um, so again. I'm untapped on the radio side too, so I don't know. Well, you, we need to, we need to start asking listeners more of these types of questions. You know, are you are you hearing the Ford ad? Are you getting the Geico ad? Are you hearing a? Um, you know, I don't even know what's what else is running on TV these days. What's big? I don't I don't know what runs on TV. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a I, with I, some of the programs I watch and I DVR, I fast forward through. I I think there's Allstate runs a lot of ads or somebody like that. I see those flash yeah. across the screen. Allstate, yeah. But mm-hmm. but I don't. That's it. You know, that's the only thing that comes to top of mind. Um, Pharmaceutical ads are 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 big on television too. I, I don't um, I have no clue. Car ads, car ads are big. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, see none of that and i think a lot of a lot of smaller brands can take advantage of podcasting too and i mean a lot of them have mm-hmm. at this point i mean when you start lo- looking at these the brands that are doing kind of direct response campaigns are not huge names i mean they're they're names that are kind of recent upstart companies that are to to them po- podcasting is a kind of a guerrilla marketing kind of approach it's not traditional yep. um, advertising. You know, yeah. and, I, and I, I typically don't have a lot of positive things to say about Nielsen, but I'll, I'll give them kudos on this. This is a, this is pretty nice. They did a good job on this. Um, yeah. Even though well, it's, it's even though go it ahead. took me a few minutes to kind of figure out what they were trying to imply here. So I bet you, Rob, I bet you we can go to Nielsen and buy uh, the reports are all 300 categories. I'm sure that is, you know, like you can probably go over there and give them a hundred thousand dollars and yeah. get all the the tie-ins on what where the podcasting influence lies in all three hundred categories. Yeah, I I don't think that we were the target audience for this no. this this uh, presentation here. I think it was the big big agencies for sure. Um, yeah, that are looking at this medium and trying to have a better understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it is important, um, that podcasters see this data too, because I think it'll change the, the mindset of how I think pod, uh, podcasters look at the advertising opportunity here. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of the big ad companies have been talking about brand advertisers for a long time. Uh, and this kind of confirms that there is, there is a, a growing opportunity there. Uh, brand advertisers can get in this medium. Um, I think one of the challenges is that a lot of the the advertisers have been very focused on kind of a direct response type of methodology, and a lot of these brands are not really going to be able to get that kind of traceable, trackable um, ROI. And I think that's, you know, if you're promoting a bottled water brand, uh, most people buy bottled water when they go out to the grocery store. It's mm-hmm. not they're they're not going to buy it online. No, they'll. There, there are more and more, you know, Amazon and a lot of the big grocery chains are starting to do more 
um, delivery services. So maybe there is, as you look into the future, as more people tap into delivery services, um, maybe there is an opportunity to do a, you know, a, a connection between an ad in a podcast and a, in a purchase. Um, but if, but as long as the purchases are mainly happening in the grocery stores for the products that are advertised in podcasts, you're not going to be able to have that, um, direct connection between the ad and, uh, a customer purchase. But then again, um, so we just talked about water. So what's the, what's the chance that someone that's listening to this show who has never bought Nestle Pure Life before goes to the grocery store next time and says, Todd says he likes Nestle Pure Life better because it tastes better and buys Nestle Pure Life to try it because they've been drinking Aquafina this whole time. I think it's, there's a pretty good chance. I think there's a high chance. Yeah. I think that, you know, testimonials are powerful. Um, can, but the question is, can you track that? No, I don't think you can. From your, your mention, I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to try, they're, they're going to try and map some sort of a digital coupon, um, that can be used in the grocery store at some point. Oh, that would be cool. Um, yeah. I mean, it could be like a, it could be a code mm-hmm. that, that you share in the podcast that you enter into the transaction machine at Safeway or Publix or one of these chains in the, my wife you know, hands, across the country. My, my wife hands the lady the cell phone with the coupon code. Doo, it drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's possible. It's just it's not being done today. I mean, I spent most uh, a large part of my working career working in grocery marketing. Um, I used to work for some big major um, products in the in the grocery store, uh, working with Albertsons and Safeway and Costco and, um, selling products into those, um, those chains. So, you know, I think that point of sale is something that is a possibility here. They need Um, some, they need some help here in Hawaii. I go to the grocery stores in the mainland and lower 48, uh, and I go into a grocery store. I'm astounded by all these products that we do not have here. So then you need a little help here, Rob. So there's a, there's a job for you. Uh, there you go. Yeah. It's a tough <laughs> business, that whole grocery business. That's why I, that's why I moved into podcasting. Okay. Smart man. <laughs> but you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Nothing better than having a business where people have to come back. Yeah. They don't have to come back to that's a podcast, true. but they do have to go back to a grocery store to buy more food. That's so, that's certainly true. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Food and uh, TP. You know, TP <laughs> is a driver of a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of a lot of grocery store visits. And milk. That's why they put milk all the way to the back. Make you walk through the yeah, whole store. Milk and eggs are always exactly. They're always in the back the of the store. This milk, corner. eggs, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're not stupid. Yeah, I used to work in the kind of kind of in the produce department, but I've also spent a lot of years working in the, uh, the, like the orange juice section right? and in the, the kind of processed meat section too, which oftentimes can be in the back of the store as well. Yeah. Um, so because it's a, it's a staple, right? People yeah. come in yeah. for meat, they come in for milk, they come in for these staples and a hundred and a hundred and a hundred bucks later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I think some of these product categories are, are, are staples and podcasting. And maybe, Todd, we are glimpsing a, a look in the future of this medium from an advertising perspective. And this is how we get to a billion dollars in, in podcast advertising. What's the rules on printing this and binding it and giving it to our advertising clients? I probably can't do that, can I? It's probably not legal this- to do that. This 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 particular presentation yeah, online is that yeah sure? yeah probably am not I don't think I can print their own document and if if hey Nielsen if you sell these I'll I'll buy a twenty five pack from you. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, you know Bruce was what, Bruce was walking around um, podcast movement handing out his little brochure. I think I have it around here somewhere. So yeah, if they bound um, this and sold these for a buck a buck a piece, I'd buy twenty five of them, and then we I'd, I'd leave them with media buyers when we when we went there, you know, pass them out, and it you might end up I in think, a trash uh, can. But I would think that that Nielsen would like that. I would think <laughs> I think they would, you know, but yeah, I don't think I can just yeah. print this myself and bind it and and give it away. I don't think that's legal. I, I don't know what the rules on that are. Yeah. So I guess that's a but, question to ask the lawyer. Or ask Nielsen. I guess I have to send Bruce an email. Say, hey, can I print this? <laughs> well, you know, I could invite Bruce to come on the show. Maybe, maybe he'll join us. Yeah, that'd be cool. Talk a little bit about this yeah. and the deeper details. Uh, you know, I think that uh, we're again. It just. I think we're seeing what we're seeing here, Rob. And we'll give again give Nielsen cred here. Is that we're priming the pump? We're priming yes, the pump yeah. for the brand advertisers. And we're pouring water yep. down. Have any, any of you have have an old school ever seen an old school water pump? Some of you haven't. Some of you. Yeah, it's just, like a hand crank. It's it's you. a hand crank thing. You, you you pump it. Yeah. And you have to pour water in the top of it to get it to prime to to pump water. Well. That's right. That's um, what this deck is. If you're right. a prepper, the, you have one. Yeah, all preppers have one already. I don't have to tell the preppers out there. Um, it's called a tease, is what they call it. I, is that what? It, oh God! Now you're okay, Mister Educated. <laughs> Mister Educated, yeah, right. Teeth. You got to be kidding me! What? Is that what they call it? A teeth? No, no, a tease. Oh, a tease. A tease. Oh. It's just it's teasing you with oh, what you okay, can. Okay, okay. What you can get. Get get from us. Come and pay us the big bucks. Oh, right, right. Okay. This is this is this is this is how we can expand your uh, your perspective. Right, right. But yeah. anyway, I think this is you know this is this is good for uh, yeah for the brand folks to maybe go hmm and tie it and, he, and if they tie it back to the mid roll commentary and I'd like to see him some some you know facts based upon that comment that he made that were untapped. And we're on this untapped audience. Uh, yeah. But, you know, once you get the podcast listening fever, it's just like, man, it's, 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 it's addicting. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's, it's good. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was hoping that they were going to expand on with this, um, this avid designation that they have in here. Yeah. Um, but, but they kind of, I hate to say Bruce, but, you, you know, it seems like, you know, it's it's not really what I thought it was. Um, you know, this extremely kind of kind of interested perspective is it doesn't quantify for right. me. No, about you, but 
and, and looking at the uh, the ethnic makeup of, of podcast listeners, let's see what do we've got here. We've got a huge Hispanic, of course, according to them, huge as Hispanic, yeah. not so much Asian American, but yeah, you know, a podcast movement was a good indicator that this space is getting pretty diverse and. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's good. Uh, I don't know. That's a new yeah. thing I'm saying, and it is good. <laughs> it is. Like the force be with you, and it is good. Um, yes, yes. So it's it's nice to see that, uh, and, you know, more shows with uh, folks, you know, creating content, ethnic content, and, and not even necessarily ethnic content, but more folks that are just creating content. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... It, the content that's being produced for this medium to reach its potential needs to be reflective of the the makeup of the population, yeah, right? Of um, course, just generally, um, and, you know, it's it's just what needs to happen. It's the same with women too. He didn't really map this male and female, no, which is a huge huge opportunity as well. Um, to kind of you know, you know, I'm not saying that men and women it's an ethnic difference, but it's. It's definitely uh, a a driver, I believe, of this medium, um, more so than the difference between you know African American and and Hispanic. I think women, men, and women is a stronger driver. Well, you know, and especially it, as you start thinking about product categories. Like well, this. it's okay. So let's talk about that a little bit. So, are you are you allowed to go grocery shopping, Rob? Yes. And I, I'm allowed to go about once a year because that's how long it takes her to forget the last time I went grocery shopping. When I go grocery <laughs> shopping, I get a list, right? The list of stuff that yeah. has to be brought home. But I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, and and and, and you know, I go. They don't to, want you going, right? Is that what you're they saying? don't yeah. want me going because I come home with seven hundred dollars worth of groceries when we only needed two hundred, right? Because I buy the stuff yeah. that I want that I love. Because she knows that, no, we're not going to, that's not, no cookies, you know, you know, so the grocery sales, grocery stores would double their gross margins if they only allowed men to shop. If they let especially me, in certain certain product categories too, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, so and I, and I don't look at price, you know. Okay, tomato juice. I'm a big Mott's tomato juice guy. I can't get it here. I have to order it on Amazon and have it shipped in. And matter of fact, when I get a case of it, I hide it because it's so expensive. And I tell my kids, if you want it, you know, that two bucks, you know. <laughs> so, um. It's, you know, there's certain product categories that I really like, but they're not always the cheapest. So, you know, when my wife's there, she's thinking about the budget. I'm thinking about my stomach. So. <laughs> it's always, it's always a mistake to go to the grocery store when you're hungry. Well, so, you know, but you know, I'm, you know, you grew up. before you go. Yeah. And you yeah. grew up with certain brands, you know, and you, you know, that's like, okay, if it isn't. Um, there's a certain type of ketchup that comes into this house, and if it's not that type of ketchup, it gets returned. <laughs> you know, it's you know that kind of stuff. You know, but um, wow, brand loyalty there, huh? Yeah, and the same with peanut butter. You know, yeah, it's there. Adams, just, Adams, I've never heard of it. 
Uh, well, it's all natural. It's all natural. Oh well, so, we don't have just, too many of those. It's just ground peanuts. We don't have too That's many. It. If 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 I go if I go to uh, uh, what Whole Foods if I go to that place, I, I gotta mortgage my kid to shop there. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like Costco. Which it's, you're happy to do, right? You're yeah, happy to do. You go into Costco. It's it's either two hundred or four hundred. That's always the price for Costco. You go into Whole Foods. It it's two hundred just to walk in the door. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm hoping. Well, I'm, hey, ho- I'm hoping Amazon brings some sanity to their pricing. Well, soon we're going to be ordering all of our products through uh, that that um, Amazon device. <laughs> yeah, that Amazon device. That's cool too. Or have a button, you know, one of those buttons that they have. So it's you know, I, so anyway, we're just we're laughing about this, but you know, let's be honest. If we're if the podcasting space is going to move to a billion dollar industry. Um, we have to have the Gerbers, and we have to have the uh, the Mott's tomato okay. juice, and the Budweiser, and um, you know all yeah. those companies, the the Pedialyte, and the you know whoever else's stuff we're buying. We have to have those brands in in uh, in our shows that we're going to be promoting. Yeah. And Todd, I don't know that that actually a lot of those brands are even advertising in radio today. That's true. You know, that's true. So, you know, there may be opportunities here that get unlocked, um, that have never been a part of, um, audio before. Yeah. So, which would give us kind of a growth trajectory that would be different from broadcast radio. Yeah. I talked with a company earlier this week, um, that has a tool. It's a very expensive tool. Um, that basically breaks down what is being spent in the uh, in the space, and it it tells you by brand how much money they spent in TV and in radio and print, and uh, uh, it's it was pretty impressive. But I, I I had to gulp twice when he told me how much it cost uh, per module, and uh, I tell you when he got a cool product like that, and you know, it's it was fully worth every penny that they charged, but. Um, there's a lot of money being spent to market to people in the United States right now. Incredible amounts of money being spent. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's a strong economy right now. I mean, things are surprisingly looking up. Uh, <laughs> How about that stock market? Woo-hoo! But what goes up oh, yeah. can come down. And it will. Yeah. Just get in when you can and get out when you before it goes so but yeah so i'm not surprised that the economy like you know the economy is gonna i don't think the government has anything to do with the economy to be honest with you i think it just kind of has its own i mean you know some people argue with me but i think it has its own ebb and flow well i think right now it i think it is true that there is an expectation of some economic changes that this administration is going to happen good supposedly promising, you know, like tax reform and things like that, that are, Congress, are driving. Congress is not going to let any of that happen. <laughs> None of that. Yeah. There will be no, no legislation. And then sometimes that's a good thing. No legislation this year. They, they can't get their act together. They're a bunch of idiots. 
there's not enough time to do it, do it before their next uh, break in the session for the holidays. Right? Fire, fire them all. That continues to be my model. Fire them all. <laughs> but who's going to be in there? Are we going to, I mean, but anyway, that's, yeah. that has nothing to do with podcasting. But, again, so, but, you know, we should, if the economy is growing like it should, we should see a, uh, a large influx of cash of uh, companies that have got some extra revenue, extra dollars to spend on marketing. So, yeah, which, which does give an opportunity for, for podcasting. So sure. I guess that's, that's kind of a leading question. So, I mean, I mean, sure. Nielsen has this research that's coming out, which helps kind of expose what that opportunity might be. But I guess the question is, what is keeping it from happening today? I guess, you know, why isn't it happening? Mm, why, why isn't Gerber advertising and podcasting today? I think it's too hard for them. And they, and here's another thing too, is media buyers are quite lazy. And I, I'm going to take some shit for this, but, and excuse my French, but they write an RFP, and if the campaign does well, they redate the RFP and put whatever new budget lines on there and send it back out because that young person who's 22, 23, 24, 25, 26 years old has got two years in that seat to make sure they don't screw up and lose a client and they're going with what's safe and proven so that they get their next okay. promotion and move out of that seat. That's a huge, huge part of this. So it's all about career risk. I think there's a lot of it that is it holding podcasting back is that career risk within agencies. So the key is is to, you know, the agencies um, don't have every vendor. I, I always love working direct with companies, and I think that's what we're going to have to do is go direct uh, where you got someone that's maybe a little bit, you know, you know, okay, so the money we need to go after, you, you start watching TV about midnight to about 5 a.m., and anything that's decent, that's a brand ad, not talking about, uh, you know, get the diet scheme or, you know, buy this 1999 product, none of the direct response stuff, but if you go after what's in the midnight to 5 a.m., even on the radio, and if it's actually a decent product, you go after that budget. That's the budget you attack. You go to that company and say, you're spending X thousands of dollars from midnight to five. Why don't you run, why don't you take a portion of that off and run that in podcasting instead? It's stuff that you're running spots non-prime time. You're running this, and you're, they're essentially running residual. Um, yeah. But... They're still spending a lot of money in residual. Take that same dollar amount or a portion of it, move it into uh, podcasting, which is just like prime time. That's the budget we have to go after. And the key is to know where that, where those, yeah. uh, where those bodies are buried. You gotta, you gotta figure out who's spending what, where, when, so that you can attack that budget with that company or with that media buyer. And I just, man, I just, I just gave people a, a, a some huge insight and some things you can do. It's a freebie. Yeah. I, I only expect 5%. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, 
reason that you're picking that is it because um, that might be a way for them to take that same budget, which is typically quite a bit less than yep. prime time, yep. and get get a stronger ROI on it. Absolutely, because it's no one's listening to it. People at two o'clock and weren't got their TVs on, they're asleep with the blue tube on. Or it's on radio, and you know you got long haul truckers listening to it. You know everyone yeah. else is in bed, so of course you take that budget is still significant. So you take that budget and you move that into podcasting. Yeah, yeah, what well, makes you, sense? But again, it would be worth worth a gamble on their part to. To try, and you, yeah. again, you, but you got to know where those bodies are buried and figure out who's spending the money in those hours and those marketing hours, because advertising is you broken gotta, broken down into time segments. Certain time segments get a higher drive in the morning on radio. Prime that is huge. That's that's number like number one, nine a.m. to three o'clock. That's the middle of the day. It's a little lower rates. Three to five. You're up again on drive again, higher rates. Then starting 6 o'clock on through, radioed rates go down, 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 down. So you think those are bought by the same, same type of agencies same that people. are buying, buying, buying prime time? Same people. Same people. Or, or you think there's more direct going on? Well, you have, to, you have to reach out to the company and say who's who's. Who's buying residual? You know, who's got that, yeah. you know, that $100,000 out of the $5 million budget to spend on residual? You know, and you get that 100000 that guy that's got 100000 done residual, and you say, I want, give me twenty grand of that for a month, mm -hmm. you know, or a quarter or whatever it is. And let's, let's, let's do something. Yeah. And you, you want a promotion? <laughs> You're selling this crap stuff. You don't have to buy residual. You know, were you the guy that got in trouble and didn't have performance, so you got stuck on the, you know, crap duty? Let's let's get you a promotion. Let's get some. But it may be the. I'm just speculating here. I'm sorry, media buyers, but it could be the same person that's buying prime time is buying residual. Uh, but we okay. can never call podcast advertising residual. I just want the residual budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the residual stuff is usually kind of. Damn, I'm kind of uh, throwaway campaigns, really. In a yeah. lot of ways, they're they usually have to take that. Oftentimes, they have to take that some of that uh, residual time with their primetime buys. Oh, the so companies force them the, to do that. Oh. Yeah, correct. I mean, especially on the broadcast side, I've I've seen this happen before wow. in campaigns that I've done. With, with, I don't know with radio is that you buy a certain amount of primetime spots mm. and that they bundle in. Um, a certain percentage of your campaign into the to the late night hours into the remnant side well, to kind of fill out your your frequency numbers. Well, maybe then uh, that so you that, have this. Yeah, maybe that's not doable. Then maybe we can't get that out of them. Huh. It's I it depends on the campaign. I I don't know that a lot of these big brands are going in and just buying remnant. Mm, uh, no, I think it's usually a combination of prime time. Uh, with remnant and the, the remnant fills out their their frequency requirements. Right. Um, I know I had to do that back back when I was running our, our radio ads. But that was a long time ago. That was back in the back in the nineties. So you had to buy crap, 
Yeah, that sucks. Well, I had to get a certain amount. I like I would get uh, like ten prime time radio spots, ad spots in like prime time listening hours, and then I would get like like five or six uh, spots in like the time slot between like uh, eight and midnight or something like that. And then I would get a certain percentage of campaign in the drive time time hmm. frame. And that would give me my frequency numbers right. that I would need to, to, to hit to get um, some idea that I could get a response. Now, granted in, in radio, you have no idea what you're, what your actual ROI is, right? Uh, because there's no direct traceback of transactions that are typically in in radio. Back in those days, we didn't use promo codes. Yep, and it, and it was hard hard for me to. I mean, I was doing spots for orange juice. Is what I was doing at the time. <laughs> um, so so here's yeah. a here's a little uh, annoyance topic uh, for us. And uh, this will probably take us out to the close to the end of the show. I had um, someone write me an email that was scathing. It was just ripping me a new one up and down one side to the other. How dare I uh, make a difference between our free podcast statistics and the $5 a month podcast statistics we charge for? How dare I? do that and i'm oh offer some stats at a at a pay level then versus the free level is well that what you're well what we do is anyone that wants a free account gets a free account and we are up front and say what the free account provides them and we yeah. get we give them top 10 of everything in the in every listing and then if they pay uh you know five bucks a month for the for the pro stats we give them the full reports more, the more. full reports yeah. you know so sure, and it's sure. and I got ripped. I mean, ripped up at how and do people not understand that in order to have stats, in order to have a company, I have to. I, do people do, do people think we have to work for free? You know, I I, I don't get this uh, mentality of. Well, you you have to give this to me. Well, Todd, I th I I see where you're going with this because uh, we have the same issue too on on Spreaker where we offer tiers of service that right. are different dollar amounts. Yep. Um, that unlock um, deeper metrics. Right? right. Right. So the higher the plan is, the deeper the metrics that mm -hmm. you have. And I can see someone's perspective coming in, even at the $5 plan, saying, well, I'm trying to build my show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I need to get deep metrics to understand what's happening with my show to be able to to go to the next level right. um, and pay more, right? Uh, so, I mean, I wrestle with this, too, as I think about our platform, too, is that I would love it if everybody had access to all the stats that's available. But then, um, but then how but do the you pay? the problem is, is that... <laughs> Yeah, so how do you create tiers of payment so you get you know an entry point and then a high-level plan that offers a lot of value that you can justify the the fee difference, right? Then how, how do you pay payroll if they want this? This It wasn't even – it was how yeah. dare I charge for that. Now, if they're hosting with yeah, us, yeah. they get pro stats. It's included. 
But if someone yeah. that's using SoundCloud or some other service wants stats with us, we give them the ability to get a free account. We give it away. We've got, you know, sure. thousands of people that use the free. Sure. And, you know, and then to, you know, have this like long email ripping me up and down one side or the other. How dare I charge? I'm just like, to me, it's, it, oh, okay. I, I'm like, huh? I, I, I just. Well, it's just, it's this wrestling that we've been wrestling with for a long time of, uh, you know, free plans and free. I know, Todd, you, that came up here recently. I think you posted on Facebook about some company that just went out of business yeah. and shut down. I can't remember, you know, who it was that, that was doing free plans, right? Yeah. You said free, free, free is not a, a business model, <laughs> you know, free, yeah. free, you know, um, it's a path to going out of business. That's yeah. right. And, you know, and I don't have uh, uh, the ability to be like Google and, you, you know, have a, this, this YouTube platform. And, and, but, you know, they, the creators over there are just, you know, they're, they are losing their minds because Google's demonetizing videos and people have lost 80% of their revenue and they have no control, absolutely no control of how much they're going to make with their content on YouTube. But podcasters do. There is a price for free. Todd. There is a price. There's a price for free. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want free, then okay, I'll give you free, but I'm going to I'm going to put three ads in your show. I'm going to do a pre-post and I'm going to drop something in the middle, probably where you don't want it. We can give you free. There's got to be, you know, but I don't want to do that, right? Yeah. I, I, there's still a price. There's still. Yeah. So, you know, if you're listening, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, we have to stay in business. And, you know, there is a reason that we have this, you know, we, we no one else gives you free stats. No one. We're the only one. Well, Patrick does. Patrick gives you free stats. So go over there. <laughs> or complain to or them. Todd, the other topic, and the other topic that's coming up, uh, comes up, bubbles up uh, repeatedly, is the expectation of free hosting, uh, just just because they have celebrities. Um, they just come in and expect everything to be free because they have such a hot, hot a client, you know, or hot <laughs> talent. <laughs> That's never done a podcast before. We're just supposed to bend over and you know and and say you know do what you want you know and it's I I tell people that there really is no free hosting anymore. It's basically no, gone away. No, I we don't do free. I do I do yeah. I do a certain amount of. We do give some free accounts away, but those are always circumstantial, and uh, yeah. you know. But uh, it's, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't. I mean, but I'm talking about free plans to big podcasts. Right. right. I'm not talking about, you know. No, I don't give. Entry level shows. No. That kind of thing, which they're not going to use any bandwidth anyway. So. No. Um, you, you, you have know, a big I, show come in. You have a big show come in and use move 65 terabytes of traffic and then uh, have a free plan for them. And you, you wait till that bill comes. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had a I had a couple networks that I've talked to here recently that of you know it's a brand new network they 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 have big name talent is what they say and that they're not going to pay for hosting. So I say, good luck. Yep. I don't think you're going to find anybody that's going to do that deal. No, I, I, I won't. And I had someone come by. And I it, mean, unless the, Oh, go, go ahead. I had a cat jump, run in here like he was going to jump on the table or something. Um, the, uh, no, I had, you know, we recently had a call from a new network and they had, you know, fair number of shows and you send them the pricing and, and they're like, can we just get a basic account? I'm like, no, your your business, you're running a you, this. You have to pay on a pro plan, and um, you know, just ask each of your producers to pay ten bucks a month. Well, we don't want to make them pay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then I, I'm standing by for your credit card. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. I, if you're gonna do a, you know. Go into this. If you're going to build a network, you know you have to understand that uh, it's it's now a business. It isn't a hobby anymore. So, and then you're going to go after my, and then you're going to go after some of the same advertisers I have, and and then want and then run your own advertising and still want free. This is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think at the end of the day, that's what they want to do. They don't. They don't even want to be tied down to an ad share, you know, an ad ad revenue share or relationship to justify that free hosting either. I don't make. I, I don't. They do want that. to do all their own ad sales and do their own stuff, and they just want the free accounts. Yeah, I I, I don't do ad share. We 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 run everything above board. Everyone gets the same deal. You pay for your hosting. You pay for your services if yeah. we find an ad deal um, based on your whatever tier level you decided to come yeah. in it's either 70 30 or they're 50 50 on rev split and it's yeah. the same for everybody it's no one gets a special deal yeah you know and I, and I don't it's just because as soon as you start dabbling out special deals to people it's not fair to the the independent podcast creator that's paying their bill every month you know, it's yeah. it's not a it's not a fair to Tony and Susie who are, who who are writing a check. You know, just because you're yeah. in, they shouldn't have to carry you. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. You know, it's that smaller podcaster that's working a full time job and right. paying their their hosting bill is subsidizing these big no it's big networks. I not happening with me. Yeah. So, you know, and it's in 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 the big networks. If you've got a big network, you it's a price of it's a it's a expense line on your business account. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a lot of these plans with these bigger bigger networks, they're they're even paying for bandwidth. It's mm. not even just you know just the regular monthly plans. Right. Right. Um, they're actually paying in addition to that. Right. I well, mean, we, a lot of these big shows, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people realize, but a lot of the big shows pay for bandwidth. Oh today. yeah, they do. We, you know, and it's, and that can be a, that can be a big check every month. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and it, that's in, in, in all honesty is the independent podcasters, when you're an indie 
and you have a big show, you count your blessings. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's you count your blessings because if you if you seen what your actual bandwidth bill cost, you would you would be you would melt. Um, and and the cost of bandwidth is dropping, um, and it's been dropping for for years. But if you have a popular show and and you know really consider your your encoding bit rates uh, too, I think it, that's a big factor in what's happening here too. Um, for most podcasts, you don't really have to be over 96k no to to have a great listening experience you can even be down at uh, 64 and be fine yeah it all gets back to what's the quality of your recording your master right um is i mean if you can get a good quality recording you, you can distribute your show at 64k and be fine yeah but if you're if your recording is a little sketchy you're going to have to be at 96 to to maintain that quality um, but, so, and then that, that, that almost ups your bandwidth bill by a third It's going from 64 to 96. So I, I don't even, you know, like that email that came in, I didn't even respond cause it, it, it was, that person's mind was already made up and I could have spent two hours going back and forth and, you know, over someone that's yeah. complaining about a $5 stats account. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we are. We're yep, time here. At the bottom. Yep, and I yep. gotta, I gotta go get brakes fixed. <laughs> yeah, interrupt the podcast thing right. for for important things. Sounds like, like fun, Todd. Yeah, instead yes. of wrecking, be able to stop. Um, I guess everyone will be back here same time next week. I, I, I'm not traveling. How about you, Rob? You, you, what? You good for next? Yeah, I'm time? around. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm around. I'll, I'll see if I can get uh, Bruce on from Nielsen. Maybe yeah. we can get a get a get a deeper dive on this opportunity around uh, brands. In podcasting because it's it's a topic that's four of mine by a lot of us right now so uh, we all have our own yeah. internal speculations i'm sure but uh yeah thanks for hanging out with us if you want to reach me you can reach me todd at blueberry.com follow me on twitter at geek news rob i can be found on twitter at rob greenley and that's with two e's uh, and you can certainly send me an email uh, rob at Spreaker.com or Rob at robgreenly.com uh, is a great way to reach me. It's been our pleasure to do the show. I'll try to get this one out a little faster than I did last week. I realized I was a little late on putting the last show up, so we'll get the uh, get this show out a little quicker. But uh, everyone, thanks for being here, and uh, we'll see you right. next week on the new media show. Take care. Take care. Bye.